Hey, welcome to Cold Turkey Podcast. This week, I'm sitting down with Chris. Chris has, um, again, you know, like one of those fascinating stories that, you know, like you can't wear, wait to hear more. Um, it was uh, it was a great experience to sit down with him. And, you know, um, I don't, you know, like I just don't want to spoil anything. You know, like I'm, I'm pretty much telling the same thing every week. Um, so I'm going to leave it to that. Um, Again, you know, like the, every week I, I ask you to share the podcast, let the podcast known to your friends, your buddies, your wife, your cousins, um, family and, you know, close ones and um, let the podcast known. The other thing is that, you know, if you, if you do a, re- a search on YouTube uh, for the podcast called Turkey, you may find um, my blue and white logo and find the uh, YouTube channel. Um, you can like and subscribe. Uh, I actually do a video conversion of the audio only podcast into like a visual and um, made by an application that's fantastic that's called Edliner and I encourage you to go subscribe to the channel and when I'm going to reach 100 new um, subscribers I'm going to be able to customize the YouTube channel name so that you know everyone can find it easily in the meantime it's just uh, youtube.com slash a bunch of garbage so uh, without further ado here's Chris enjoy Chris, how you doing? I'm doing great, man. Thank you for having me on. Hey, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Um, I'm gonna start off, you know, like kind of, you know, like right there. Um, we've we've discussed a bit about this just right before starting to record. Record, but um, where are you from? Um, how's the pandemic going for you, sir? Well, I, I'm from uh, originally from Kitchener, Ontario, but I reside in Guelph now. It's where my partner owns a business. She's a professional photographer, so. Um, yeah, she owns McCormick Photography here in Guelph, and you know I'm Chris Swick, guys. I'm a host of the podcast from the depths of darkness to the light of success. But yeah, the pandemic, well, work stopped abruptly today, as I was telling you earlier, and uh, you know I got a call. You know everything was going great. You know it, you know life didn't stop really. At the beginning, it did. You know I I didn't work for almost five six months. You know so as as you know I've started off. I started a podcast as well. So. You know, my pandemic's been pretty busy with the podcast, to be quite honest. You know, I'm 25 episodes in now almost and talked with, from, with people from all walks of life. So it's got me through, but it's been some tough days for sure, too. And like I was saying there, work got stopped abruptly today as, uh, you know, I got a call from public health and apparently there was a case at my barber shop. But so I had to go get one of the tests for the first time today. You know, I, I, I can say it definitely doesn't feel great, but it is what it is, you know, to get the test just to figure everything out so I can get back to work ASAP. <laughs> yeah. And in terms of, you know, like the, I've had a lot of that conversation, you know, like, and, and, you know, like there's, there's a recurring, um, thought and, you know, like, a kind of, you know, like, um, the way people are handling it, but in terms of your sobriety versus the, the, the confinement and, you know, I like kind of going from, uh, depending on how but you know like whatever you, the mean to you to keeping your sobriety sane was either by attending meetings but at least meeting um human to human you know like the the, the contact of people to uh connecting to a zoom meeting you know like how has this 
been impacting um, or or how did you know like because uh, you know like I, I I repeat myself a lot about that but you know like for me it was a shock initially like I, I was used in in not I was not like the biggest hugger or you know like the biggest you know like most involved member of the fraternities but I was you know like I was there and you know like there, there was something about me um feeding off the, the the spirit of a of a meeting room that you know like I quite appreciated and enjoyed um connecting to his my first few zoom meetings I was like holy shit you know like I'm I'm I ain't going to be able to well I can't find the same thing in there and so my question to you is you know like how has this been for you uh well the zoom meetings I did a bunch of them at the beginning but I'll be honest it got old quick for me like it just wasn't the same as an in-person meeting, but I stayed connected with people in the rooms, you know, talked to my old sponsor, uh, like very, very regularly. Like, you know, I stayed in connection with, even with people that were in and out of the rooms, you know, they'd message me when they'd come back from a relapse and stuff and just tried to be there for people. And just like I expected them to be there for me, you know, it sucked not being able to see people. Cause I'm a guy that needs to see people. Like I mentioned, I work uh, car sales as a job. You know, I love just being around people. I'm a very people oriented guy, I guess, you know, and I'm, that, that taking the meetings away from the rooms, you know, I've been to one since I started back up up here. There's a few open now since about around August or so or in July, I think it, or whatever, a few open, but my home group just opened last week. You know, I haven't been yet just because of my job, but I'll get back to going again and stuff like that. But I'm not in a rush either, just with everything going on, because I, I do need my job and stuff like that. I can't afford to be off work either. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, so but 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 I'm doing other things, you know what I mean, and try to talk. But like, I'll, I'll be honest, it's not the easiest. Some days are better than others. You know what I mean? Like I deal with mental health issues and stuff like that. And I'm ADHD. So like, I always have to be doing something. That's one of the reasons I started a podcast back in March too. Uh, <laughs> I had an idea and I just started writing it down and then I just made a goal. All right. May, like I made a date that my first one's going to be released. Then I started recording episodes and it just evolved from there. And, you know, and then I have a sponsor for my podcast as well, you know, just in the mix, I gathered that too. So I, it's been a cool team that I've built around me for the podcast for sure. And I've been on other podcasts, you know, I'm on another one tonight with you and stuff. It's been great just getting around, sharing my story on social media. I'm not, I, I'm very interactive that way. You know, I flourish and those types of things and stuff like that. And, and, and we share the same thing, you know, like that the podcast actually saved, not saved my sobriety, but saved a bit of my sanity actually. Like the fact that I was sharing one-on-one -on -one with individuals twice a week, um, for more than an hour, um, picking up on their own life story and sharing some of my snippets of mine. Um, and I'll, and I'll be honest too. Like I, I shifted though too. Like I was on some heavy duty medications for my mental health and stuff like that too. But I was like, All right, I need to get off this. And it just, I did lots of research though before I did and I went and got a I'll, I'll be honest I got a medical prescription for marijuana and stuff like that just I, I did my research before I decided to make that transition though you know what I mean like that's all I use just I couldn't be on I was heavily dosed on like some antipsychotics and stuff like that and you know what I mean and and if I can do it naturally and stuff like that and with CBD I, I will do that any day of the weekend so I made that switch back in February beginning of March you know I couldn't have been happier though because I was just a walking zombie for the longest time yes I was getting staying sober you know and stuff like that but it just wasn't me yeah 
You know, and I, I've, I've had like life brought back into me just getting off all those medications and stuff. Like it's not for everyone. I'm not, I'm not saying everyone do it. I'd say go and talk to your doctor and consult with your doctor before you do anything like I've done. But you know, it's I'll, for me, it's been this is my experience, just so everyone knows that. But it was the best, the best choice I made in my life, you know, and it helped me get my kids back into my life and stuff like that. And like all these types of things, you know what I mean? Like I had to be sober for so long and do a couple drug tests and stuff like that before I was even allowed to have my daughter back. Like I, I didn't see my daughter from last November till this past June, like on a full weekend. So, wow. And, yeah. and, and I have to admit that um, there is long due refresher on um the 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 um, i would say like the the high level minds you know like thinking minds of some of the fraternities uh and i think about you know like um sure you know like medical marijuana uh but i do think a lot about you know like some of the microdosing that are you know like a research uh, are are developing around the microdosing um i've thought about it i'll be honest Oh, no, no. It's been working like lots of hockey players. I've got some other guests coming up. You know, I'm not going to name names yet. They haven't been, but I got some other guests in the work, but like lots of them have done the micro dosing, you know, from head injuries and stuff like that. And it seems to be working if you do the research and stuff like that. But, but there's something about, you know, like, the, you know, um, you know, like after a, a few episodes, you know, like I tend to repeat yeah. that, but you know, like the, the fact that in 2020 right now, um, we don't see AA and NA and CA ads in our social media stream. For nope. me, for me, it's it's a uh, it's it's it, it should be. You know, like it, we. I understand totally, but it's it's. I think it's the way it's branded and stuff like that. It's that's not what they're about, though. Yeah, but they are. They still have an ad in the newspaper, though. Yeah. No, understood. You know, like so for me, you know, like as does you know, like the reflection and that you know, like kind of the brainstorming about you know, like. What are we going to do about that? You know, like what are we going to do about people that switch from heavy prescribed drugs that are actually more lethal than than having medical marijuana under precise dosage prescribed to you? What are we got? How do we handle that? But sure enough, you know, like there's marijuana anonymous. I get it. You know, like but there is. I think there are conditions where both microdosing. Mar uh, medical marijuana use um, should be looked into and just for the sake of, you know, because we, we tend to be little insecure beasts. <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure. And there, and there's some people that I've lost friendships because they know it, but that's fine with me. You know what I mean? It's not for everyone. And I understand. And it is what it is, you know, at the end of the day, it's, I, I got to look after me first, right? For sure. But you know, like the, 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 um, what, well, here in Quebec, what initiated the the um, the creation of Narcotics Anonymous, for example, you know, like, and I'm, I mean by that in in French, right, um, was the fact that um, they they still didn't know about um, um, what's his name, K, uh, Jimmy K. They didn't know about Jimmy K, which is the founder of NA in in LA or in, in oh yeah, in, no, in good old US. Jimmy K. And yeah. Everyone knows Jimmy. But but at the time, you know, like people didn't know about Jimmy K in Quebec, and f especially in French, you know, like none of the documents were translated yet, and uh, and so there was a few attempts at drug anonymous, and you know, like they didn't know where to 
where to start from. And some of that was initiated by the fact that people got kicked out of um, AA meetings because they were talking about Coke and they were talking about weed and they were talking about acid and mushrooms. I, and I, I don't get that. I'm not one of those guys either. They're, those guys are the old school guys. Exactly. Uh, we're, allowed, we're allowed to talk about, I won't name names or anything, but I'm like I have like my mom's brother, for instance, not her, him, but some of his friends. My, my uncle's been sober almost 40 years now so but some of his friends and, and you know 40 plus years of sobriety you know some of them are very old school and they'll try and kick you out of the mean but i won't leave i i don't care i'm there for sobriety you know what i mean what, but exactly <laughs> for sobriety of of both the mind the body and the spirit you know like for me you know like sobriety is and especially when you've done when you've gone through sobriety for a few years you quickly realize that sobriety has nothing to do well it has sure, sure enough. At the beginning, it has to do with drugs, but uh, and and alcohol and whatever and substance abuse, but but quickly enough, you start to realize that holy shit, you know, like I could jerk off to death if I fall into that trap, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I could spend to bankruptcy if I fall into that same trap. I could, you know, like I, I, I mean, there are there are so many avenues in which I can feed that that. Addict beasts, other than substance or or drugs or alcohol, that you know, like it's not about it's not about drugs and alcohol. So so when I hear that, and and again, you know, like that's what initiated. And the reason I know is that um, my sponsor is seventy eight years old, forty eight year clean, um, and he actually was one of the co founder of Narcotics Anonymous in French in Quebec because his son got kicked out of some meetings because he shared about his cocaine use and his and his drug use in in alcoholics alcoholics anonymous meetings and so he made a pretty much a promise to his son which relapsed at the time that the next time you're going to be taking over you know like and taking control of your life again you know like I'm going to be I'm going there's going to be a meeting for you son so and he co-founded and helped in the foundation of, of that's amazing, man. And and that's why I know about that. You know, like and 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 so fast forward a few decades later, my guess is that right now, like there are decisions and and reflection to be made around some of the world organization about you know like well how do we uh, how do we find our next quote unquote customers, um, well, where are they? Are they in the classified ads of the newspaper? Don't think so. You know, like so where do we find them? You know, like so let's talk about, you know, like, do you guys know about TikTok? Do you guys know about Snapchat? Do you guys know about Facebook? Holy shit, you know, like what's going on? Yeah. That's pretty much yeah, we're, where we're all, we're all over there now. Yeah. And that's pretty much where you're going to find your youth. You know, like so yeah. so how do we how do we find them there? And then the second thing is what about you know like the some of the some of those drugs which were deemed diabolical a few decades decades ago are now not only legal but have proven to have changed people's lives you know like I have a close friend with with um, their son had um, serial epileptic seizures and I mean by that um, sometimes up to forty epileptic seizures a day. So you can, you know, like his development was just stopped, you know, like it, it was just frozen in, in time. And um, so they met with, you know, like some of the kids uh, hospital and, and 
they really weren't initially open to medical marijuana. And um, he was, I think he was five or six. And so they said, okay, let's try something. Let's try every prescribed drug on the market. Let's find out um, if, if any of these works. If none of them works, so if you, if you can imagine, you know, like trying for a month or two months, every one of them. And so they go from 40 to 25 and they go to from 40 to 65. And, the, you know, like, oh, so that one doesn't work. That one doesn't work enough. And tried, 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 ended up, you know, like no drugs, you know, like was, was I would say, almost tolerable. And so they prescribed them um, um, medical cannabis oil. And since then, I think it was last time I spoke to her, I think it had been something like 18 months or 20 months that he didn't had, uh, didn't have a seizure. That's amazing, man. It, it's proven to have, been help, have helped lots of children like with epilepsy and stuff like that. Yeah. And so, um, so how do we, and you know, like I sure don't hope any of that, but you know, like let's, let's, Let's do the hypothesis that this kid gets um, has the 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 sickness of addiction. Are are we gonna be dealing with that kid? You know, like you know, like are we are we gonna kick him out of you know, like of meeting groups because he, I wouldn't because it's a prescription if it's prescribed exactly you, like it says like it says in the book. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. If if, if you take your prescriptions pre as prescribed, you know there's no problem with that. It, it's, you know what I mean. There's there's nothing wrong with it in my books, in, in my eyes. You know, other people see it differently, and that's their opinion, and they're entitled to that. Yeah, exactly. And you know, like it's yeah. it's a it's a long debate that you know, like I'm having. Um, no one's gonna win. I think at the end of the day, there's, you're gonna have people that will side with you and people that don't. Because I have friends in in NA and stuff like that. Because I go to as well that use CBD and medical marijuana for purposes just like myself yeah yeah and so. it's uh you know like especially cbd for me it was a a long even internal conversation you know like you know like what was the intent in trying it for example because i knew there was no um i wouldn't get stoned even drinking the old the, exactly. the full bottle <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. i wouldn't get any buzz so okay so how you know like what's and i think the intention and the kind of how mentally you're ending it you know, like is is way more important than the substance itself. You know. Um, yeah. No, I use CBD for lots. I use CBD for my shaving cream, like I'll shave or say aftershave. Yeah. So, like, it's good for everything. Man. It's good for your skin. It's good for lots of things. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. it is. Okay, let's. Uh, as I do pretty much every week, uh, I do ask my 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 uh, my guest to rewind. Uh, his own life story tape and you tell me where we bring this you know, like we either bring this to um, the first time you use or what would you consider an impactful you witnessing substance use around you and so you know, like pretty much you know, like draw me a picture of where we're at what how old are you and you know like w which one uh, you feel has the most impact for you well, you know, even like my whole life, like my whole life story is impactful, but like getting clean this last time was very impactful because 
I was pretty much at, you know, the bottom of the bottom at this point. You know, I, I'd been to jail before that. Thank God this time didn't end up in jail. It was pretty darn close to going there, you know. But I'm bringing but, you, I'm bringing you to way, 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 way past back that. You know, like I want, okay. I, I want to rewind that tape completely. You brought me okay. way too fast. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Where, where, where do you want to rewind it to the beginning? Yeah. Bring me, bring yeah. me to, you know, like your first memories of, like I said, you know, like either you using or, you know, like my, my uncle's party were memorable for me because, you know, like there was a bunch of adults drunk. And for me, yeah. this was, Oh, this means party. And, you know, like, so, um, well, and the I was, first time, like, really, I started using, like, uh, you know, I, I, I'd had sips of my dad's beer here and there, you know, growing up. But first time I really had a, found a love for any kind of substance was after I was uh, molested at 10 years old. So, and, um, you know, it was by a family friend the same age as me, got me to do some things. He tried some things on me and stuff like that. And after that, you know, my buddy's friend who's passed away now uh he you know he his mom had smoked marijuana and we we took some of hers you know and tried it out then got to the booze and i really felt good there and then from there it was uh you know through grade seven and eight who i uh was stealing my dad's booze at all times you know he had a lot of liquor from us growing up you know what i mean but he didn't really drink because his father was an alcoholic as well who died at 52 years old cirrhosis of the liver and and uh, lung cancer. So, you know, I, I was only nine months old when my grandfather passed away. But so my dad didn't really drink. There wasn't like any partying or anything going on at home. We were all three. There was three boys. I'm the oldest of three. So we all played like organized, like top level hockey growing up right through our teens and stuff like that, too. And then when I got to high school, I got prescribed just before high school. I got prescribed Ridland and that was my first taste of cocaine. If anyone knows what Ridland is, and I'm not, you know, this is no suggestion or nothing, but it's just my own experience. But it's, you know, basically cheap man's cocaine. It's speed. And yeah. So uh, like full blown Ridland. So I, one, my buddy at the time, he's like, yeah, you know, you can snort this and get high. He told me, it's like, well, let's try that. Why not? You know, I have like, I have unlimited amounts of this stuff. Like, I mean, full like pill bottles, like this big, like huge. <laughs> and like, like I had like a lot. And so, and my mom couldn't figure out why I was going through it. Like no tomorrow I'd need a refill. And I was getting refills like more than I should have, you know, it was all covered under my parents' benefits, everything. So I was just getting this and the doctors weren't catching on. So I was like, this was going on for a long time too. Like almost two, three years, like, I, but I had never really been introduced to cocaine at this point either. And how yet, old were you at the time? Uh, grade nine, I started doing that. So 14 years old. Wow. And yeah. so a few questions just popped up, you know, like, um, did, you know, like did following, um, did following what happened at 10 years old change you? And, you know, like, I, I know the answer to that, but what I mean by that is, you know, like, what kind of kid were you before? And what kind of kid did you become um, when that when that happened? I and I didn't really rebel or anything like that because I really suppressed those feelings. Honestly, I like and I'm not trying to fast forward anything, but I suppressed those feelings all the way till I got clean this November. We'll fast forward to that later, but yeah, like I never talked about that ever. Like honest to God, it just 
I, I just because I had to bury that feeling, and that's how I was doing it at that point. You know what I mean, and I rode that this high for so long, but like, I it changed me in a sense that I guess the crowd that I hung around, you know what I mean. I was more attracted now to, even though I was playing hockey at a high level, still I was more attracted to the people that wanted to party, drink, you know, smoke drugs and stuff. Yeah, like that. I, I, well, that, and I got attracted to some older people, and I, I did hang out with some people that were in a street gang at the time, too, around my area. It's, it's no longer a street gang here anymore. Like, two, two friends or two acquaintances from that street gang, you know, also went to jail for murder, you know, and stuff like that, too. But we're all older now and stuff like that and moved have moved on and have kids, and it's just no longer, you know what I mean? Like, so it was like attracted to the wrong crowd right off the hop i switched schools from gray from like i didn't like the catholic school i was at for some reason i don't know i just didn't like the teacher i was starting to get into trouble at school and stuff like that like really start to get into trouble you know not that i wasn't a little shithead you know grade two and three and stuff like that just being a kid but i really started to be defiant and stuff like that like this is where my defiance came in for teachers and i didn't like authority for some reason i don't know why just didn't like authority i didn't mean like didn't like being told what to do and that's that's usually one of the one of the question i ask so like one of the first source of outside authority after your parents are actually you know, like your teachers you know like and so what was your relation with your parental authority and then what was your relation you just answered for the one for the teachers but yeah. <laughs> what was your well, no my, my parents you know they weren't pretty too strict you know what i mean like i I, I got my ass handed to me a couple times by my dad. I'm 37 years old, so, uh, but like that was I allowed learned, at the time. <laughs> pardon? That was allowed at the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But like, I remember getting dragged home from school, but he gave me a smack on the ass and he sent me back to school for swearing at my teacher. But you know, I, I had a pretty decent relationship with him. Like, but that's where the codependency was between me and my mom. You know what I mean? Like, my dad was a little different, but the co- there was definitely codependency between my well, I'm both my parents now that I have gotten clean and sober and looking at all avenues, you know what I mean? So, and, um, so w- w- the, the use of Ritalin was probably like, it's like you said, you know, like it's, it's like cheap cocaine, um, was weed and booze still involved around that? Oh yeah. There, that was all the way through. Like I, I would go to hockey and I would bring beers with me. I'd smoke weed before hockey games. I'd drink beers in the shower. Like there was, that's what went on. And lots of us did that, not just me, but you know what I mean? Like, and I had some friends that went to play in the NHL and stuff like that too. But you know, I, I could have probably gone places with my hockey too, but I decided to party girls and drugs. You know what I mean? That was the way I was going once I got high school sort of thing. Did, um, how did it you know because usually it kind of peaks and and starts to slowly go down um how long did it take for it to go down you know like you, you talked about you know like the, the the hockey at some point being oh yeah it was uh i played once i got to high school i was like you know what i didn't really want to play all-star hockey anymore and stuff like that i i just played high school hockey. i did play five years of high school hockey like i was still playing good hockey and stuff like that and played it was high competitive hockey because now i'm 14 years old playing against guys that are 19 20 years years old as well so it was every between 14 and 20 year olds i'm playing against and i i didn't mind that i loved it you know i i would stand up for myself i wasn't the guy that would i wouldn't back down from anyone that was me though (laughs) yeah It, it didn't matter i i 
you know, I remember even going to a high school hockey tournament and I got dry. I remember we billeted with the goalie at the, at the, in Nova Scotia and I was drinking then like in grade nine, I'm away from home, just getting drunk in Nova Scotia. You know, I, it just carried on and carried on. You know, I'd first time I remember doing mushrooms, I was going to high school hockey, you know, like I would just try, I, I tried anything like I, I would try anything once. That was just me. And then once I was introduced to crack cocaine around 20, you know, it was, it was off to the races, honest to God, man. Like, and it, bring me, cause you know, like the, this is, this is for me, you know, like the, the, and that's me, you know, like I, I think, you know, like in my teens, when you know like when 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 crack cocaine was actually introduced like it was it was new jack city right like it was just like crazy it was almost too fucked up you know like to, I, to, you, like do you it, know what i'm saying here you know like where, oh, where you like it, it seems like a high like it seems like a high step even if you're even the you know like people i knew that you know like was using coke uh regularly crack cocaine was something else so like it was just you know, like it's it like to, today, meth has that stigma, and crack yeah. still has. But you know, like the the there is we'll something about later. <laughs> but there is something about you know, like that. There's how do you go from because um, I I don't know if people are still freebase, but you know, like there was freebase, and and that and, was the best. I still did it to this like till I I'll be honest, and I'm not. It wasn't. Yeah, it was the best to me because I just knew how to do <laughs> I get it. it, and and I did it till I. I hung up the skates last year. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that was the only way I did it. But the the you know like it, it was you know like even freebase was. I don't want to say trashy, but you probably know what I'm saying. You know, like where it was you know like bad enough, but crack was almost like movie like. You know, like it was well actually like it was movie like. So how do you go from um like the 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 speed feeling or the cocaine feeling that you get from Ritterland to um to crack you know like it seems like you know like I was scared shitless of these you know like so for me it was I uh, I was scared at first like it wasn't even that like I did some coke in my later teens and stuff like that I had uh tried acid too in in there somewhere some ecstasy and stuff like that like dabbled and stuff like that I wasn't really you know the actually the acid trip was actually quite fun I'll be honest like like, like it was, it was a fun trip, but it is, <laughs> but, but, um, like once I, I remember I was at the bar right by my parents' house that very first time and the bartender's, uh, boyfriend, it was drinking there that night and he's like, yo, let's go for a drive. And I was like, sure, I've, I'm all drunk. Let's do this, whatever. And I don't know, we went all the way back to his house and he ordered some up and he gave me a chunk to go home with. And I'll never forget that. Like. And it was off to the races from there. I was like, I need that feeling again. Like, and I, and I didn't do it for a long time after that for a while. But once I found out, like, uh, my parents, my parents, uh, na- like neighbor across the street, their grandson was dealing in a, I was like, yo, he has this stuff. I'm going to ask him, you know, yeah. and, and it, it was very readily available. Let's just say that, you know, like at all costs, you know, I could get it from a few good sources and it was just, over from there like honestly like i was a full-blown addict by i was in my first treatment center by 22 23 you know arrested like for for, for first time being arrested as an adult you know in my early 20s and stuff like that for you know some crazy stuff and 
you know, everything. How, well. how did, um, how soon did your entourage, you know, like the parents, family, brothers found out or, or kind of, you know, like what were aware that something was going on and something was wrong? Well, I, well, I'd like lose jobs like no tomorrow. Like I would quit jobs or be stealing from them. You know what I mean? Things were going missing from the house and stuff. I was still living at my parents at this time and they still let me in there. But for a long time, if things would be go missing, I would find any way to scam people. You know what I mean? Like I was stealing from my own brothers. It was just stuff like that, you know? And it was to the point that I was like, all right. And then just anything to get high. I didn't matter what I, what you were doing, walking down the street or anything. I'd rob you. I didn't care. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's what you do for that shit. And so that's probably how you got arrested? No, no. I never got caught in any of that. Knock on wood, you know, but um no, I was uh we someone had owed me money and so they had been taken, you know, in a trunk of a car and stuff like that. But I, I that was my first that's why I went did my first stint to treatment you know what i mean that was the judge was nice about it you know what i mean like i i needed some help at this point like all right it's time to get some help you know what i mean i'm getting charged with kidnapping like some serious charges like forcible confinement and stuff like that you know what i mean like but i got let off and i ended up at a treatment center through the saint uh through the saint vincent de paul through uh harbor light in kingston actually it's for um corrections mostly people come from corrections and stuff like that so it wasn't some easy guys and stuff like that like but it was crazy like because some of these guys are coming in you got to mind you coming into this treatment center after doing 20 years for murder and stuff so they're just getting integrated back into society so i'm in with a bunch of different guys man like but it, it, it was good for the first while but then I decided I'd move out on my own down in Kingston, you know, thought the geographical change would yeah. do me good. And, you know, and, but I had my son then at that point, I, I'd cleaned up for about two years until my son's mother and I had split up and stuff. So, and that was around 25. She had, you know, left and literally right after she had left, I was right off to the races again for another 10 years. Man, like, so it wasn't you used that made her leave. It was no. just like a different of well, different. I had I had like I had some clean time like before I'd met her because I met her down there and I'd got her pregnant and stuff before she got pregnant. I decided, you know, I stopped going to meetings and stopped doing everything I was supposed to do. You know the way it goes. The and recipe for one a disaster. Night, one night, uh, I decided to get drunk at the bar, and you know, I, I just drank then, and but. I did come home one time to my parents' house and she wasn't there, you know, and I used the same guy was still around across the street from my parents. I was like, Oh, I'll give him a call. Why not? You know, no one's around, but like a couple times I slipped up with that stuff, but then I would drink here and there. But once she left and it was like, she left, it was all, literally off to the races again for a long time. Like I got charged for uttering her death threats and stuff like that. Like I literally made some phone calls that should have never been made. And the judge, thank God again, you know, knew that, you know, people get angry and stuff like that. But I like had blacked out, but I did said some things that were, you could never take back. But you know what I mean? I never fell through and acted through. I literally had told her that I was going to come down and chop her up in pieces and spread her all around and stuff like that. But that that's where these drugs take, took me, you know what I mean? At that point, you know, some dark times, like for a long time then, you know, and that's what, next, that's what, for the next 10 years. So, and for people that, you know, like the, the, it's important for you to share that Chris, because you know, oh, like yeah. the, 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 
the sweetest individuals that I have met in the, in, you know, like the past year and a half can actually become monsters, you know, like, so, so, you know, like the, the, the drug use makes us the shittiest human beings ever. And so people have no idea how much, well, first of all, addiction is a sickness, you know, like we're, we're sick for God's sake, you know, like there's, there's something about, you know, like people are actively sick and it, 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 it pulls out the most horrific side and, 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 and roots of evil that is within us and, and spits it out to anyone that listens, you know, like it's just, it's, it's just shit puking you know it's it's disgusting most definitely it's craziness like the sides that come out of people you know what i mean like the the shit that came out of me like i can only like i said i've seen it from other individuals but for myself like i am a totally different human being when i'm on drugs end of story like there's no i don't know how to put it there's no like uh easy way to put it though like i'm just a a totally different person like a monster like i am not like if all bets are off if i ever touch it you know what i mean like 100 percent. like i have my kids back in my life today and stuff like that you know yeah i was in their lives for 10 like the whole time they've been alive like my son's 13 in december my daughter's six at the end of november and stuff so but Literally, it's only been the last like five, six months that I've actually been present, like literally present, you know, I was present there physically for the last however many years, but mentally I really wasn't even checked in. I'll be honest. And so my, my guess is, you know, like it must've been hell, but, um, how do you go from you know, like splitting up, relapsing. And so, you know, like you, you almost double down on, you, you said it, you know, like it's off to the races. Um, what stops you then? Last November is what stopped me. Uh, my partner that I'm with now, you know, she was away on a trip to Costa Rica for work. And I decided I'd have a party for one, you know, the whole week. And basically I was at my wits end. I was like, basically felt like I was dying from the inside out because you know at towards the end I would literally probably smoke between seven to ten grams of crack a day man like I was that that's where I was at man like meth anything at that point you know what I mean that's why I said meth a little meth into later but like these points like I'm sitting around people that I think are my friends but and there's like guns on the table and stuff like that you know what I mean like I just didn't give a shit like I'm sitting at these trap houses pretty much, you know, and just, I don't know what the hell is going on, but you know I mean? At this point I'm basically seeing things. I'm delusional at the end of this week. And when you're, you know, sell your partner's belongings and stuff like that, thank God I got it back and stuff like that. And she's still around because she cares about me and stuff. You know what I mean? But you but, had met her while in relapse or... Uh, well, I was, I had just got a year clean. So like I had just got a year clean and I decided I had it all figured out again. You know what I mean? I'm 36 at that time and just got a year clean and I was just doing it behind everyone's back 
after I got another year clean. You know what I mean? Like I've been yeah. in and out of the rooms a long time. So, and that's that's the I have like like right before I went in therapy I had like a almost like a six to eight months clean, and you promote that sobriety, right? You're like you tell everyone, and you know like it seems to be both like a bragging thing. You know, like hey. I'm I'm two months. I'm three months, and and if you fall back off the wagon, shame takes over, and you don't want to share it to anyone. You're like you don't oh, want exactly to- for sure. It's very shameful. But this time, I was like, I knew that I could come back. You know what I mean? At least I, the rooms of NA will take me back anytime. I, I love that about it. And I got back right to a meeting. I uh, then in November 18th, you know, uh, that was the last time I picked up or used or anything. So, and so what, what, um, what provoked the decision? You know, like what, what was the, you know, like was well, there I, like I a, had to call my brother? Like that whole week was a mess, man. Like I had basically I, at that point, that week, I had my car repoed at this point again. You know, uh, I, I had no car and I still don't have a car to this day. We're driving with one vehicle. Like I had a car when I met my girlfriend or I had just got another car, you know what I mean? And, but I didn't even make one payment. Like literally all my, my life and energy went into drugs for quite a few months again. Like I I was still working, but I would literally work and come payday. Like I was driving home. Like I was setting up the deal. So it would just be dropped off at my place. I didn't even have to do it. I was just e-transferring at this point. I didn't even care to see them. You know what I mean? Just drop it off. You, there, here's the drop-off spot. I'll go outside and get it when you're there. <laughs> sort wow. of thing. Like, like I didn't care to see anyone, but just the drugs. And and you said that you spoke to your brother, and that well, yeah, was... I called him over, and he got me to call the treatments, uh, not the treatment center, um, one of the mental health crisis line. I went in and talked with him, and we got the ball rolling to get into treatment, and then, but come. January and stuff, I was in a, not in a rock and a hard place. I was like, you know, I need a change. I just got fired from a job at work. You know what I mean? Like my anger needs a change. Like I had been clean a couple months at this point, two, three months, but it's like, I just need a total change. And a light bulb went off and I was like, you know, I used to be good at hustling on the streets and stuff like that. <laughs> so why not sell cars and stuff? I just thought, I can't, and I went and wrote the test to become a car salesman and to get my license and stuff like that. And, you know, that's where that took me. And then the pandemic came. So I got laid off from the first dealership I was at all the way till this past August. I got hired at another dealership. So, but that's, you know, that's where I'm at sort of thing. Yeah. And, yeah. and, um, so stopping in November means that, you know, like the Christmas holidays are coming soon and, you know, yeah. like there's... But everyone this, knew. Yeah? Yeah so, yeah. so you pretty much kind of um, almost ratted yourself out to everyone that, you know, like you had to stay clean and you had to be careful. But and everyone had- was supportive all through, like even my parents, like even when I would go back out, they, my brother, same thing, like... Cause this time I, I had stolen from him. I'd stolen from my parents. Like I'm 30 plus years old. I'm a grown ass man and I'm stealing from my family still. You know what I mean? Like from my own blood and from my partner and stuff like that. You know, I had even stolen from my kids, like from piggy banks and shit, man. That's how low it was going. You know what I mean? Like enough, something had to break. So, and like, I was at the point, like I was ready. Like basically I was about to lose everything. Well, I did lose my kids. Like I wasn't, I didn't really see them for 
from November. I saw my son a little bit at Christmas. My daughter came when my ex came and stuff like that. But, you know, I had to work my ass off to get to where I am today. You know, like now I have my kids every other weekend, like the days I'm supposed to have them all the time now. You know what I mean? So I've come a long ways, but things will slow. If you work it, it happens. You know what I mean? Shit happens. I'll, you know, like speaking of which, how important is it for you um, that people around you, uh, you know, like we talked about, you know, like the, the addiction being a sickness, you know, like not, it's not a lack of um, desire to stop. You know, like it's not a lack of, you know, like it's not being lazy or, you know, like not taking, you know, like how important would you say that, you know, like having your family and peers and loved ones understand that is for you to kind of grow in your sobriety? Oh, for, oh, it's very important for them. And they, they encourage me. Like even when I get hired at this, like jobs, they know about my past. Like they know who, like working for Omvic or uh, applying for a car light sales license. I had to let them all know about things that I'd done in my past that why I got let go from jobs and stuff. Like I had, uh, I was, all right, well, it's time to be honest and pull your big boy pants up. You know, this is your opportunity right here to be honest right from the get go, you know? So filling out this Omvic license, they asked me why, because they know why. I asked my buddy who's in car sales, he's like, they know everything. They're just asking for honesty because it's all about like being a car salesperson. It's about being loyal and honest and you know what I mean? And all that, those types of things. It's so when they asked about why I got let go of the one job, I let them know straight up. Like it's because I stole like $25,000, $30,000 from a job, you know, but thank God they never charged me. They knew about my, what I was doing, you know, what I was into and stuff like that. So, and how do you keep um how do you keep the sobriety healthy then you know like because you've you've you had gone through that process you know like a few times before you know like what makes it different you think this time you know like even, even though you mentioned that you know like you could have lost everything back then you know like and and you know like but you you didn't but you know like what makes a difference now what, what makes the difference now well, I have two kids that look up to me, you know, and they want their father around and I can't, you know, leave them this young, young and stuff like that. And there's family that wants me around. My, I have a partner, a girlfriend that's just selfish if I go the way, go by using drugs or whatever. You know what I mean? I'd rather die clean than die a using addict, you know what I mean? So mm. um, for me, it's just, you know, there's so much more to live for in life than smoking crack every day, man. What, what is the sobriety diet for Chris? You know, like what, what, you know, like, and I mean by that, I'll, you know, I'll be like, honest, like I, I loved my beer. I, I drink non-alcoholic beer. There's, I loved craft beers and stuff like that. So there is lots of good non-alcoholic beers. And uh, then I feel like I can partake still too. Like I, I don't, I, but I know, you know what I mean? Everyone knows that I don't drink. Everyone knows about my story. Like I'm not, I, I'm not one, like some people are that it's anonymous, anonymous, but I'm not like I, I'm out there on social media, as you can see, and stuff like that. Like everyone knows what I'm about. Like I don't hide it either. So, and 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 you know, like I would, I would um, go. And I further. think that's what's helped me, though, uh, just being able to express my feelings and stuff like that through social media, and doing my podcast. To be honest, like I, I learn, I get a lot from just interviewing my guests and being on other shows and stuff like that. Like 
and just lots of things like that. Like I just love learning different things in life, man. And you know, there's more to it. Like I can still have fun. Like I'll be honest, you can still have fun sober and clean, man. <laughs> Is there uh oh, I might, I mean, you know, like I, I haven't uh, laugh, you know, like how that, that may sound odd, but I haven't laugh as heartly and as hard sober that I have ever laughed stone to the gills right like even though you know like you talked about acid where i laughed a shitload but i haven't laughed and had fun as much sober than i've had ever had drunk or stone you know like so so um if, if you're stone right now listening to that and you're listening you know like the, there's much more fun to have <laughs> oh there's lots of fun like i i still enjoy life like i i haven't slowed down at all like I pick and choose like, but you know what? I'm comfortable because I know my groups of friends now, you know what I mean? Yeah. My partner still drinks and stuff, but she's nowhere like me or what I did. You know what I mean? She can enjoy a couple glasses of wine in the evening and she's happy after it. You know what I mean? Like she, yeah. me, they know that all those bottles, if there was 12 bottles of wine, they'd have to be done. That's just me. The fridge had to be empty by the morning. Exactly. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, I, I hear you and feel you. <laughs> yeah. So um, my wife yeah. can do a glass. You know, like I'm like, what the fuck? You know, like you're gonna put the cork back? What is, <laughs> what's what's that shit? You know, like you you no. <laughs> yeah. Bottom you know, but, up. But I'm happy though. I can. You know, I know my friends get home safely now too. Like I'm happy to be the DD. I still wrote to live music. I do all that stuff still, man. Like. That still didn't slow me down. Like it, that, that didn't bother me. It was, you know, I mean, once, and I, and I know I'm not going to put myself in situations where there's cocaine and stuff like that. And if there was, I'll remove myself. And it, it's as easy as that. Like I, I'm not going to risk my sobriety or anything like that. And all my other friends that I hang out with, most of them are clean and sober, and everyone knows. Well, they most of them should know if they follow me on social media and stuff. So. And the, you know, like I, I'm going to go further down the question, is there any meditation, journaling, you know, like stuff that you do that, you know, I like kind of has been introduced to, you know, like, and I used, you know, like the, the term, the, the term diet, but you know, like, I mean, in terms of regimen and, you know, like kind of, uh, well, I've fallen off a little bit more now that I'm working. Like I got a more of a routine with work and stuff again, which is yep. nice. Like I got a really good routine, but I, I do like to read. I'll be honest. I do like to read and I am. You know, knock on wood, I just started reading the Alan Carr book to quit it smoking again. So like, I, I did that last year again and didn't successfully quit for about three, four days tops. But and then, you know, but I'm going to I'm giving another attempt. That's the last thing I really do now. That's it. You know, yeah. smoke. But uh, that like I, I did do lots of meditation like during COVID and stuff when I didn't have a job and journaling I, I do go to the gym I, I want to get going a lot more but I still I do work out and stuff like that I have eat, eat started eating a lot healthier than I was like not not as bad as I was before I still like to indulge in some ice cream once in a while <laughs> but you know what I mean like I've you can see the life in me again I'm, I'm healthy again though like before my face was so swollen just and you know the bags under my eyes and <laughs> Yeah, but I, I just have life in me again and stuff like that. You know, I do have ADHD too, so I'm all over the place some days. But <laughs> I, like I said, that's the only method medication I take. I take one pill a day, but you know, I take it prescribed now. So yeah, makes and, a world yeah. of difference. Oh, most definitely for sure. And you know, when I take things 
as prescribed to me. They work great. So, uh, last question I got, you know, like you talked about, you know, like being involved in social media and, you know, like trying to inspire others. Um, tell me more, you know, like what, what, what does that bring to you? You know, like, you know, like you talked about the podcast, you know, like what, what is, what do you feed out of that? You know, like, and, and where can we find you? Well, okay. So I'm on, I'm on Instagram at depths of dark side. So D E P T H S D A R K S I D E. So that's at depths of dark side on Instagram. And my podcast is from the depths of darkness to the light of success. I'm also on Facebook the same as title as my podcast so that's where i am mostly so i'm instagram mostly at depths of dark side but i i feed off the social media to this like people i i love the people that reach out to me and just say like they've i've inspired them i've had old people that i haven't talked to in a long time like that have reached out i've not, haven't even heard from these people since like high school and stuff but you know it's nice just to see pe what people are doing today and so that some people you know i've helped out in a sense you know i got my sponsor from compass nine media you know they're two young entrepreneurs but it's it's great when you put two minds like three minds alike and it's just crazy the things that i've been invited to like that i would never been invited to if i was not clean and sober like even my one buddy who's a musician a recording artist and indie artist and stuff like that and an alternative john maxim but he's told me too like uh i would have never invited you to the recording studio with me if you weren't clean and sober like I w w the old chris would have never been invited anywhere i'll tell you that so <laughs> uh that's awesome you know like I, i'm 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 um I'm humbled and grateful about you know like the people accepting to be part of that journey you know, like for me it's just uh It's an exciting um, experience that I'm going through. You know, like I've, I've, I underestimate the the good that it would bring me. Uh, I was, you know, like um, well intent in in sharing and getting, I would say, you know, like getting the the people that don't know about, you know, like the sickness of addiction and the sickness of, you know, like some of these sickness, you know, like I've had people with psychosis issues and, you know, like depression issues and, and eating disorder issues. And that's awesome, like, man. I have everyone from all walks of life too, man. It's, it's amazing. And what's closer to, to my heart is actually like substance abuse, you know, because I, 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 I you know, like even my mom that passed, you know, like, um, last year, this year, um, my mom passed and, To this, you know, like just even, you know, like before dying, still didn't un quite understand what, what I meant by this is a sickness. You know, like I, you know, like it's the sickness of addiction and you're know, like this, you know, like the, 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 the liar or the, you know, like the guy that steals, it's not me, you know, like it's, it's that fucking addiction that, you know, like that, that takes over and, um, and so that's the reason why i i did that podcast so like it's to you know like when when you get to you know like once you get chris introduced to you you know like he's clean um but he describes the monster that it could have been and that he could that 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 has been um under the influence and that's the beauty of that you know like exactly that. i can assure you that i you know nothing's gone missing since i've got clean but it's amazing it is great and so um I thank you for participating into that. You know, like for me, it's just, uh, it's a uh, humbling and, and, and 
it's just a great experience for me. And so uh, for that, you know, like I, I thank you to be part of that. Um, I'm going to be putting every link of uh, where Chris wants us to find him in the description of the podcast below. So whatever platform you're listening to, you scroll down or whatever, you're going to find every links in there. And um, thanks again, Chris. It was quite uh, quite a ride. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. We'll have to have you on my show sometime, man. I would love to. All right. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Yeah, you too.